friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. My name is Chris Rogers and I'm your host today. And in today's podcast, we're going to be looking at a topic that is essentially about how do we keep going with our relationship with God without becoming cold. And I'll explain a little bit more about that in a moment. But this podcast, if this is your first time here, warm welcome to Making Disciples. Uh, In this podcast, we are aiming to talk about the Christian faith in just real simple terms. We're trying to talk about it in a way where we're not using Christian jargon. Uh, And I'm going to be doing that, uh, particularly in today's episode. We're going to be thinking about how do we reestablish our love for God when we've maybe gone a little bit cold. And if you you know you're heading in that direction, your relationship with God has just lost the spark, and we're going to look at how can you re-establish that spark. So friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. Right from the very beginning, uh, it's recognisable that the, the early church started as real passionate followers of Jesus. But then like, over a period of time, it became noticeable that they were starting to become quite lukewarm. They'd lost the fire. They'd lost the passion. Um, I work with a lot of new Christians here in East London. And one of the things that re- is recognisable is people start their faith journey with such passion uh, and then over a period of two years, they very often lose that spark, that energy, that desire. And you just start to see them pulling away a little bit. And sometimes that's because what, what they've come to faith on is something that's emotion. And uh, our faith has to be more than just an emotional uh, choice to follow Jesus. Because if it's just about emotion, it's about what we can get from it. Um, whereas actually our faith should be built upon some, some real solid foundations, these solid foundations of belief uh, in the historical Jesus who came to die for us and to set us free to love us. Um, but within all of that, uh, we, we still do have the, an emotional uh, response. And right at the start of the early church, we, we see these people who have come to know Jesus with passion time has gone by and they've just lost the fire Uh, and Jesus talks about this actually in the book of Revelation in the book of Revelation John is uh, being spoken to by Jesus Jesus has come to John he's talking to John and this is I just want to read this to you this this comes from Revelation chapter uh, 2 verses 1 to 4 to the angel of the church in Ephesus these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands sounds like something from Narnia doesn't it I know your deeds your hard work your perseverance I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but who are not and have found them to be false you have persevered Uh, You have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. And then Jesus says in verse four this, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. You can say it like this. You have forsaken your first love. It's like Jesus turns to this early church and says, do you know what, guys? I love 
that you are running food banks. I love that you're doing debt management. I love that you're working with the elderly. I love that you're doing youth work and children's work and you're engaging in schools work. I love that you're engaging with your neighbourhoods and the, the needs of your neighbourhood. I absolutely love what you're doing. I love that you're running the Alpha course or other evangelistic things. I just love what you're doing. But I hold this against you. You have lost the love that you had for me. It's almost like in the doing the Christian life, they had lost what it meant to love Jesus. Let me say that again. In doing the Christian life, they'd lost what it meant to love Jesus. At the heart of the Christian faith is not just a God who dies to save us, but it's a God who loves us who's wanting us to respond back to him with love. And here was the church. They were doing the stuff. Uh, they were with the needy and the poor, the widow and the orphan. They were there doing it. But in doing it, it had become the doing of it rather than who they were doing it for. We become so used to a relationship that we stop investing into that relationship and we start neglecting it. I don't know about you, in uh, early days of relationships, it feels like there's a great buzz. And if we don't invest into a relationship, uh, we start neglecting it. And in neglecting the relationship, the fire starts to go out. The church was living out a religious practice. They'd slipped into doing the Christian stuff, but they had not invested into the relationship practice. The church was living out a religious practice, but not in living out a relationship practice. Friends, Christianity is not about the religion, it's about relationship. And you will hear this time and time again in this podcast. The Christian faith at its core is about is not about a religious uh, behavior or a religious life. Although, you know, practices, rhythms of, uh, of prayer in our lives really sustain us, but actually our faith is primarily about relationship, uh, primarily about relationship, and it's about having a relationship with God. Uh, I don't know if you watch cookery TV programs, uh, I don't know if you're into the Great British Bake Off and that kind of stuff. Uh, I came across uh, an incredible uh, celebrity chef from New York City, and he's called Father Robert Capon. During the week, he uh, was a celebrity chef, and on a weekend, he was uh, a Catholic priest and lives in New York. In the, in the 70s, he said this, The most critical issue facing Christians is not abortion, pornography, the disintegration of family, moral absolutes, MTV, drugs, racism, sexuality or school prayer. The critical issue today facing the church is dullness. We have lost our astonishment. The good news is no longer good news. It is okay news. Christianity is no longer life changing. It is life enhancing. Jesus doesn't change people into wide eyed radicals anymore. It changes them into nice people. What happened to the radical Christianity, the unnice brand of Christianity that turned the world upside down? What happened to the category-smashing, life 
threatening, anti-institutional gospel that spread throughout the first century like wildfire and was considered by those in power to be dangerous. What happened to the kind of Christians whose hearts were on fire, who had no fear, who spoke the truth no matter what the consequence, who made the world uncomfortable, who were willing to follow Jesus wherever he went? And he says this, I'm ready for a Christianity that ruins my life, that captivates my heart and makes me uncomfortable. I want a faith uh, that is considered dangerous by the predictable and monotonous culture. I love that. He said that in the 70s. And I don't know about you, that just kind of resonates with me. I love that line where he says, um, Christianity is no longer life changing. It is life enhancing. And for so many of us, our faith now is about us being better people. And faith, Christian faith, is not about becoming a nicer person or a better person. Look, if you become a better person and a nicer person because of your faith, brilliant. That means you are starting to look a lot like like Jesus. But at the heart of the Christian faith is having a relationship and encounter with God. So I want to just focus on that for a moment. I want to focus on dull relationships. And I want to give some uh, relationship coaching for you. And what I'm about to share with you is good for marriages as well as it is good for our relationship with God. Okay, so what I'm going to share applies to a dating relationship, a marriage relationship, as well as our relationship with God. Uh, and I know for some of us, we would find it a really odd idea, this idea of dating Jesus or having a relationship with Jesus. But friends, let me just take that off the table, because if you read the Bible from beginning to end, you see the whole thing is about relationship language. God, it starts with God wanting to walk in the garden with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day and have a relationship with them. And the, the overarching story of the Bible is that of a marriage. Um, throughout the Bible, God is talked about as the groom and we as his bride. That's how the book of Revelation ends. Uh, so the whole analogy over the Bible is this of a, of a marriage ceremony. And I'll say more about that in another podcast because the Ten Commandments are not commands at all. Uh, they're, they're literally, um, it's a wedding, what's called a wedding ketubah. It was a, uh, a certificate of if this marriage is going to work, uh, then these are the rules in how the marriage will, will thrive. And so the, the overarching story of the Bible is that of relationship and marriage. Uh, so I want to give some marriage coaching. Okay, some relationship coaching uh, for you about your relationship with God. And friends, it's it's pretty straightforward. Um, relationships, they need, uh, I'd say, uh, four things to help them really thrive. Number one, spontaneity. Every moment has to be a God moment. Uh, every moment we are looking to encounter God. Spontaneity. For some of us, our relationship with God has become uh, held within these boxes uh, I go to church on a Sunday, or for some of us, it's even worse. It's I go to church when I have some spare time. Can you imagine if I said to my wife, uh, I'll have coffee with you uh, when I have a bit of time. My wife needs me to give her attention and she needs me to be spontaneous. Uh, you know, shall we meet up for lunch today? And our relationship with God is exactly the same. Uh, if we have fallen into the trap of boxing our faith, I turn up to church on a Sunday uh, I um, maybe go to a small group midweek 
or a midweek service. And they're the moments where we engage with God and there's no spontaneity in your engagement or prayer life. Then you'll start to find very quickly that your your life just becomes cool towards God. Um, and spontaneity gives us uh, this sense of life and vibrancy to our relationships. If you are praying off the hoof, uh, if you are turning to God in prayer uh, spontaneously, that creates this sense of relationship. The second thing I want to say is this. In a good marriage, there has to be intimacy. In any good marriage or any good relationship, there has to be intimacy. Uh, one of the ways that we, we talk about intimacy in marriage, you know, kissing, holding hands, sex. Sex is about two people becoming one. Now, some of you will start to get creeped out here. When I talk about uh, sex in a marriage's intimacy, I'm, uh, how does that apply to God? Friends, worship. Uh, worship is about creating intimacy with God, allowing our hearts to become one with his. Worship is this time of intimacy with God. And that looks different for so many of us. For some of us, uh, intimacy comes through uh, singing a worship song passionately. For some of us, intimacy with God uh, is what we describe as communion. You know, for some, it we call like Eucharist, uh, you know, bread and wine. For some, particularly those of more traditional backgrounds, will find that having communion is this amazing moment of intimacy with God, where body is broken and blood is poured out for the healing of the nations and we consume the bread and we consume the wine and it's this incredible intimate moment from for some of us it's just sitting quietly in prayer and silent meditation there's lots of different ways you could do that but intimacy where two become one where we worship God and we're with him in his presence uh, that intimacy is needed. If we are not having intimate time of engagement with God, we will ultimately grow cold. Our hearts will grow cold towards God. If you're in an intimateless uh, relationship, you have to break the barriers and you have to hold hands. If you're in a relationship where there is no intimacy, uh, you've got to re-establish that intimacy. And it can be hard and it can be alien and it can be strange. The start of that is simply just by holding hands. We need to do the same with God. We need to push ourselves to open ourselves up to him. We need to do something that re-establishes intimacy with God. Friends, the best place for that is in prayer. God, I just want to know your presence. A beautiful little example of this, in the uh, Old Testament, there's a, a collection of writings called the Songs of Solomon or the Song of Songs. And this is uh, chapter one, verse two. It says like this, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth for, you, for your love is more delightful than wine. Uh, let me just read that again. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth for your love is more delightful than wine. Friends, that word to kiss, it occurs 59 times uh, in the New Testament. It occurs 59 times in the New Testament. And it uh, um, originally carried the idea of worship. Pascurio is the, is the Greek word, and it literally means to kiss, but it's this intimate act of coming before in worship and it appears 59 times and I love the fact that 
within the Bible, the word to kiss and this word to worship uh, are, are one in the same. Uh, when we approach God in worship, it's as intimate. It's always this idea is as intimate to kiss. So let me just give it a word again. Pascurio uh, literally means to worship or to kiss. And it occurs 59 times in the New Testament. And it really uh, originally carried this idea of uh, coming before. So um, if you were worshipping a king 2000 years ago and you came and you kissed his hand, uh, it was a sign of worship uh, towards, you know, you might go and kiss a ring. You know, people would uh, you know go and kiss the king's ring. That's the same kind of idea to worship is to come before and intimately uh, kiss um, this this being that you are uh, bowing your life to. The third thing I want to just suggest, if you want to re-establish your your passion for God and your your love for God, reminiscing, remembering the past. In fact, there's this phrase that appears throughout the Old Testament, and it just says, "Remember, remember what I have done for you. Remember, remember, remember what I have done for you." And it says that time and time again in the Old Testament because God wants His people to remember what He has done for them. Why? Because we forget super fast don't we? Uh, a week goes by and you forgot w- what it even was that the person did for you. God wants us to reminisce over the first time that we met with him. Uh, when I first came to faith, reminisce on what God had done for me, remembering what God has done in my life. This reminiscing on what God has done is really important because it's about uh, reminding ourselves of who God is and what he's capable of and what he loves to do in our lives. So reminiscing. So let me just catch up so far. We've talked about spontaneity and uh, making sure that our relationship with God just doesn't just fall into boxes uh, and it's contained in them. Uh, second, we talked about kissing and intimacy, uh, actually having this intimate relationship with God in an act of worship. Then we talked about reminiscing. Uh, we need to remember the past and what God has done and one of the ways that you might want to do that is just write a list of all the things God has done for you. And the final one, um, uh, the fourth thing that you would say to, in the kind of marriage counselling uh, would be to date. Uh, dating is taking time to go one-on-one with somebody that you enjoy, to spend time with them, to get to know them and to have this space where it's just you and them. A friend shared this little quote with me recently. I absolutely loved it. Once a romantic dinner has turned into a TV dinner while watching the news, the passion is gone. Let me say that again. Once a romantic dinner has turned into a TV dinner while watching the news, the passion is gone. It's so easy in a relationship. When the relationship starts, the date looks like a romantic dinner where both parties are dressed up. They're in a restaurant. They're enjoying their time together. They're making the biggest effort. And then over time, that romantic dinner ends up becoming a um, microwavable meal sat in front of the TV just flicking through the channels. You know, you know when you hit that point, the romance is gone. And one of the things that we have to do in our relationships is keep the romance alive and actually keep, uh, you could say, pressing into that relationship to keep re-establishing the fire. Uh, we have to set time to be with that person and to set time where it's about really showing them that you want to be there and that you want to give them your full attention. 
So I think the difference between a romantic dinner and a TV dinner is about attention, isn't it? In a romantic dinner, you are giving the person your 100% attention. In the TV dinner, on the sofa, flicking through the channels, watching the news, you're basically saying, I'm giving the TV my attention. One has lost the romance. So the same is with God. If you want to have a relationship with God that is genuinely passionate and on fire for him, you know, longing more for him in your life, then friends, you have to create space to date God. Uh, or you can say it like this in a, in a, in a better, you need to spend uh, time with God one-on-one giving him your full attention. You can't have a passionate relationship with God while flicking through the TV channels, giving the TV your attention. Friends, everything else in your life is crying out for attention. Everything in your life, your friends, your family, your mobile phone, your Twitter, your Instagram, your Facebook, YouTube, TV, magazines, uh, podcasts, all of these things are crying out for your attention. And because of that, we have to choose to place our attention on God over those things. If not, the romance with God will go. Jesus says to the early church, I love what you're doing. I love your churches. I love your worship songs. Uh, I love all the things your churches are running, the homeless, the widow, the orphan, the children's work, the youth work, the homeless ministry. I love it all. But friends, you have forsaken something. You have forsaken your first love. In other words, you have lost the passion. You're doing the stuff in living out your faith. You're running all of these beautiful ministries, but you have neglected Jesus. You've neglected the relationship with him. And Jesus is inviting the church in Revelation to reestablish their first love. If you have lost your first love, then friends, aim to be spontaneous with God. Aim to have intimacy with God. Aim to reminisce with God and aim to spend time giving God your full attention. And friends, only when we can do that will our relationship with God thrive. want to end by giving you a little challenge for the week ahead. I want to, as your relationship coach, I want to give you just a little challenge. This week, can you do something spontaneous with God? What could that look like? I don't know. For, for many of us, it will look differently. Can you go for a walk where you say, God, I'm going for a walk, but I want to walk with you like you walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. We're going to go for a walk. Lord, would you walk with me? Try and do something spontaneous. Try and do something that creates intimacy with you and God. Uh, You know, walking would be a beautiful way of trying to create that intimacy, but spending some time just you and God in worship. It might be by plugging some music in for you to listen to. It might be by simply getting on your hands and knees and praying, whatever it is, you know, what that looks like for you. Uh, Create a bit of intimacy and try in that time to take a moment to reminisce about what that first those first moments looked like for you when you came to faith uh, how did you feel what were you excited about and then try and give God this week some of your attention give God some of your attention try taking your attention away from everything else for a time and just giving him your full attention and then at the end of that I just want you to just ask the question 
Is my relationship with God being re-established? Is there something good happening here? Maybe I want to do it again. So my challenge is this week, do something spontaneous that creates intimacy with God, that helps you reminisce and helps you give God your full attention. Friends, until next time, grace and peace. Peace.